All right. Uh, so welcome to the Brooklyn Podcast. So we, we are, you know, it's interesting. We, we both have kids in elementary school and in and, and the same school, no less. And we, we like our school. It's good. Uh, but like many other parents, we are dealing with uh, the COVID crisis situation. They call it a crisis. I, I call it, a, you know. Hoax. It's not a hoax. It's, it's a real virus, of course, and it affects some you know, people in a real way. There's no doubt about that. But what I'm, what I'm concerned about the most is that they, don't, that they treat this as if it's a, a meteor about to hit the earth. And it's just not that. It is a virus, um, and we can take precautions. And it's, 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 a, it's a flu that's going around. That's the way I look at it. And you want to be careful with it. Fine. Flus kill. Colds kill, and this COVID thing kills some people, uh, some extremely weak people. Fine, uh, fragile or whatever it is, uh, but that and that's good. Uh, that's bad. We're, we're, we feel for those people, but they need to self isolate. They need to be especially cautious if that's the case. Fine, but here we are with the school, and like many other schools, they had a Zoom conference for the parents to, you know, say, oh, well, what are we going to do about this coming fall semester? And we, we have, you know, they're very well-intentioned people. The principal is nice. There's assistant principal, and there's the head of the school as well. And they're all talking uh, about what to expect for the future and what might happen. Here's, here's the thing that I had an issue with. There's two things I want to talk about. One is this notion that they were still talking as though somehow the COVID was this totally new thing that uh, was just starting and, and uh, we, we, they have no idea what to do. Better safe than sorry and all these, all these things and it could kill mil- millions of people. Okay, no, we now know we have so much more information about this COVID business. Uh, people get infected, but it passes through. It, asymptomatically, it's very hard to infect somebody else. Uh, hydroxychloroquine and the z combination plus zinc uh, tends to really help people dramatically who are suffering from the uh, symptoms within five days. Uh, there's really good news about how to respond to this madness. Uh, we're learning also that the death rate is extremely small compared to what we thought about it was. But now the school, including our own, is talking as though you know there's a 10% death rate about this. And, then, and we also know, very importantly, and we're dealing with an elementary school here, uh, that school children are the least to be affected and they're the least ch- you know, ch- possible of uh, spreading it. But it's this story, isn't it, Ari, how they just don't change the dynamic when new information comes along. Static thinking. Static thinking, yeah, very good, very good point. Well, even, even more so than that... Um, I'll give you two examples. Recently, as you know, I went to Alaska and I went to Utah, and soon I'm going to be going to uh, South Dakota. In each of those situations, I have gone or will go on an airplane and in an airport and so forth. Okay. Now, uh, the airport was, was utterly clean. I felt actually more safe there from a clean point of view, from a sanitary point of view, than I do just walking on the street here in, in Los Angeles. Uh, the airplane was also very clean. It was only about 40% capacity, first of all. The filtration system is very good. Everyone is wearing masks. They have to wear masks. 
Um, they sanitize it very well. So again, I feel more comfortable there than I do walking in the streets of LA. Uh, that's not really the point that I'm trying to make. The point is that you know how they, they created this new system in LAX uh, before COVID, way before COVID, where if you want to get an Uber, a Lyft, or even a taxi, you have to go to this special area, okay? And they'll send a van around and they'll shuttle you to this area and that's where you can pick up your taxi, Lyft, or Uber. Got it? And it's a real cluster, you know what? Okay, it's just very unpleasant, the whole thing. But the idea is, well, there was so much traffic at LAX that this is the way we're going to do it. And that way we'll declutter the traffic that was previously there at LAX. Fine. Because of COVID, however, there's virtually no traffic at LAX. But for those of us who do fly and do arrive back in Los Angeles, why should we have to go walk all the way to this, this island of Ubers and Lyfts and taxis? Why, why can't it just change now? I mean, there's nobody there. Just send the Uber right to Delta, for example, or United, wherever, and pick up the people there, as we did before. There's no traffic congestion whatsoever. But no. They didn't change according to the new circumstances, right? Second example that I want to bring up. Let's suppose that we live in Miami, okay? Because that's a hurricane-laden area, right? There's a a hurricane-vulnerable area. And we are told a week before that, hey, in a week's time, this new hurricane, we'll call it Hurricane, uh, Hurricane Zane, okay? Hurricane Zane is about to hit the shores of Florida and Miami is going to really hit hard. You better stock up now, batten the hatches, board up your stores and your homes so that this massive, you know, Category 5 hurricane that's about to hit is going to, uh, you know, that, that way you can avoid it, okay? And say, oh my gosh, okay, let's get ready, let's stock up. And then the next day, In other words, six days before the hurricane is supposed to hit, this terrible hurricane, you learn on the news that, good news, people, the hurricane appears to be heading back to sea and Miami is no longer whatsoever in the zone of danger, okay? But the people continue to board their homes and stock up on food and water and gasoline and so forth. You'd say, why are you doing that? There's no hurricane coming your way. The facts have changed. Now, so why do I bring this up? The facts have changed in COVID. We, we, I mean, it's not, it's not that COVID is a different disease. Well, facts didn't change. We discovered We discovered facts. new things about that COVID. That turned out to be new, a we, new set of facts. Right. We've become yeah. wiser about the situation. I mean, the, the analogy I give is, you know, you hear uh, some noises in your kitchen downstairs, and, and you go and you think it's an intruder. Right, and you you know you grab your gun if you have one, and you you get all tense and nervous, and you say uh, as you walk in you tiptoe, and then you say, you know you you know watch out mother effer I've got a gun or whatever you're ready to rock and roll and you are tense 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 and, and you are ready to pop, and then you see that it's not an intruder it's little Fido, your little terrier. Uh, who has just kind of spilled some water in the kitchen. Now, 
What would you do in such a situation if you see that? You say, oh, okay, it was just little Fido. Um, and you kind of relax, you pull the gun down, and you say, Ooh, Fido, you scared the dickens out of me, you know? Uh, and then you go home and uh, you go back upstairs and you go to bed and you, you might have difficulty going back to sleep because you're all hexed up and everything. But nevertheless, you tell your wife, it was just Fido. Okay, you put the gun away. You, hopefully you go back to sleep. That's a normal story, right? You don't shoot the dog, call the police. Yeah, exactly. You don't say, shoot the I dog. There was an intruder, <laughs> so I acted like the intruder was really yes. there. Yes, exactly right. So huh. you, you're with me on this, I'm right? Not, yeah, I think, I think I see where you're going here. <laughs> I mean, that's the way we're reacting to this COVID madness. That's exactly what we're doing. We are continuing as though Fido were, was an intruder. It's not that scary a disease. Well, we, we start off with what we know now, that we made the worst possible set of decisions. Yeah. And then to cover up the worst possible set of decisions, we have, and it's a perfect example of human nature to any of those people out there who've ever doubted our knowledge of human nature, right. we have then continued to make even worse decisions, like cover up the real medicines, direct people into essentially fake destructive medicines, engage in even more destructive lockups, paranoia, and behaviors, rather than turning down the volume on paranoia and reactionaryism, our leaders have thrown napalm on the fire of it, and then any leader whether it's Trump or other conservatives in conservative states or conservative mayors, they're told how they're irresponsible while the very mayor's inflaming the situation. And I'm not talking about the Black Lives Matter and Antifa riots at this point. I'm just right. talking about the virus. That's, a, that's the same set of stuff, but uh, the same pattern based on a, a different circumstance. But there's no one calling for calm. Yeah. Right? There's Nobody. no one saying, Nobody. you know, this is a tense time. It's important we relax right now. Even like um, Major League Sports, baseball resumes tonight. Instead of baseball going out of its way or as an organization saying, you know, we really know, know that America needs more than anything else right now some escapism. Yes. So we're not going to be political in the least. We're going to be as normal as possible. Instead, they're throwing napalm on the f campfire by saying we're going to participate in any form of inflammatory behaviors to make it so you can't even use baseball as escapism. Right. I know it, I'm foaming at the mouth. Yeah, okay, that's you are right literally there. foaming yeah, at the I'm, mouth, my I'm friend. Rabbit. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. There's a splash zone here, Barack. I'm sorry. <laughs> you need some of that lucite shielding, you know. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. I like that. Yeah. Um, look, uh... <laughs> but the it's, listeners it's, it's, now it's, know we're not doing this over Zoom. I know, so, but here, here's you know. yeah, exactly right. Here's where I, I want to get to this. It, this notion that, and this is the other thing I want to talk about our, our our school, and for that matter, the religious folks out there. I I know that there are many ways you can tell whether somebody's conservative, right, and or or liberal for that matter. One of them, and I'm talking good for today, good for these days, as it were. I know that when I meet a couple that, you know, they're thinking about having kids, that when they say, oh, we, we want one, maybe two kids at the most, you know, it's just so expensive otherwise and such a hassle and everything else. I know that I'm probably dealing, not 100% certain, but I'm probably dealing with a secular couple, okay? People that may be spiritual best, but uh, more, more likely... 
We weren't talking to you. Shut yeah. up. Would you Sorry. turn off that Siri I thing? didn't turn on. You said something that made her, her answer. See, this is what I have to deal with, friends. This is what I have to deal with. Okay, it's like Siri's always in the room, one way or the other. You know, it's... it's Go away, Kim Jong-un and Xi Jinping. You're interfering. All right. with his... so, so going back to this. So we, we know that there are certain indications that tell you whether somebody's religious or not. If, if, if I hear somebody telling me uh, that they, you know, want schools open, okay, I know that there's a good chance that they are religious, okay? If, if I hear people saying... Look, you know, we need to move on with our society. I, there's a good chance that they are religious. They, they really are. Now, that doesn't, that's, doesn't cut across the 100% of the board. I know some Orthodox Jews, for example, who are very afraid of this COVID uh, virus. I know some, you know, very devout Christians who feel the same way. But they are really the exception. Um, by and large, when I hear somebody, a religious leader talk about how we need to shudder ourselves at home um, and shun everyone else and not have barbecues and not get together with their families and such like this and not even see grandma and grandpa one way or the other, um, <clears throat> even behind the plexiglass uh, thing in a hospital, for example, I say to myself, this person cannot possibly be a serious theologian. Can't be. You're not a real religious leader if you are encouraging fear among your congregation. The one thing that we know that Hashem, God, says the most in the Torah, you know what it is? Something like, I'm with you, so don't fear or something. Yeah, like that. very close. Uh, that, that is actually very close. I mean, I'm surprised you got it so quickly. Do not fear. Okay? Do not fear. And there's wisdom to that. But instead, these rabbis and church leaders and so on, are, they're encouraging fear. They're, they're, if, if not they're encouraging the fear, they are imbibing the fear. And they are transmitting the fear to their congregation, which I think is very unhealthy. It's exactly ungodly. It is not the thing right. you need to be doing. It's like, who needs you if you're going to do that? Yeah. We have that everywhere else. Right. There is, your job as a human being is to conquer fear. The fear within you and the fear outside of you, constantly. Yesterday, uh, I had, and this is is such an important point to talk about, and and our religious leaders are the ones who should be telling us, God is good, God will take care of this, there's a reason for this, what can we learn from this, and what does it mean to congregate? You know, the ultimate point of my book, uh, Rise of the Sex Machines, and I know that the title is you know, uh, maybe incongruous with that. Um, But the ultimate purpose of it is to to discuss the the power of relationships. Uh, You know, the relationships are everything, right? I mean, think about it. The the Old and the New Testament speak about, you know, Joseph's relationship with his brothers, Uh, Joseph's relationship with Pharaoh, for that matter, Cain and Abel, Moses and his brother, Moses and Pharaoh. I mean, you, you name it, uh, everything is in some way uh, about the relationships and what we can learn from those relationships and those stories. And here comes this COVID thing. And you have rabbis, some rabbis and some ministers, you know, priests and reverends and so forth, telling their congregation, 
do not have relationships. And it's not good enough to say, oh, you know, you've got Zoom and everything else and you can meet through FaceTime and such. That's not the same thing. You know it. I know it. People need to connect physically. And I'm not talking just sexually either. I'm talking about physically they need to be in the same room. They need to shake hands. They need to hug. They need to look at each other and, 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 and smile with each other. There's uh, far more than, than the two-dimensional version of communication that you have through Zoom and FaceTime. Yeah, and look how, not to jump ahead, but look how the mask directly mm-hmm. stops people from being able to see each other's face and know how people are reacting to each other. That's a great point. Other. That's a great point. It's Even- almost like designed specifically to create fear and division yeah. more than anything else. Yeah, and a lot of these people who uh, decry the burqa and you know the face masks that, that women have to wear in the Arab world and the Muslim world in particular, uh, and how dehumanizing it is. Well, then suddenly it's okay when it comes to the mask. Now they may right. say, well, wait a minute, that's a different story because we're talking about trying to prevent the spread of a disease and it's, it's quite different when life is at stake. Uh, okay, I get that, but nevertheless, you, we should be fighting the, the notion of masks. We should be saying, we should be talking about it in a way as a last resort, only if we absolutely must do it. Must, must, must do it. And here's the takeaway that I have, and then I want to talk about China for a second. So it's just, that's on the table right now. So it's on deck, as it were, China. Uh, the, the, the thing that bothered me most about our little Zoom get-together with our school and we're not naming our school because it's they're very nice people. First of all, it's no one's business, and we're not we're not here in in um, to publicize this at all. Not at we're all. We're simply talking about our own experiences. Right, and it's it's anecdotal, but we know that it exemplifies a lot of school administrative bodies who are speaking the same way. Yeah, and I also want to add real fast is that our school was subject to the governor's order. Right. So it's not their own decision. They're simply okay. So that and that's exactly where I'm going to. So, uh, again, nice people. We love them all. Uh, they really are very nice people. But the, the issue, what, what was really struck me during that meeting is it was pointless. It, it was truly pointless. You, you, they, they give you the impression. I'm not even talking about the administration of this school. I'm saying any administration of the school. They give you the impression, hey, we'll, we'll have a Zoom meeting and we can have questions and answers and we, can talk, and we have input from you. And you get the impression, hey, you know, I'm going to say my two cents about this. And I'm going to say, hey, look, the health of my children are really at stake and and the health of all the other children, too. And we need to fight for the children. And you think that, that, you know, you may sway the debate here. And that's not the case. Don't don't think for a moment that that's what's going to happen. It's not going to sway the debate at all. In fact, what you're really engaging in is just, you know, somebody reading from a paper telling you, here's what the governor's order is. And here's what we have to do. And uh, then they repeat about 50,000 times the lie, oh, we're following science. Yeah, you know, exactly right. Cliche. Yeah. But, but here's, I don't know, Ari, if you, if you felt the same way, I think you did. And, and that's this. This notion that they seem to be happy that they are following His Majesty the Governor's directives and dictates. Yes. And it's so, what does the governor have to say? And, you know, after all, he governs. He's offered guidance. Yes. And He's our dear leader. Yeah, dearly. That's what life. it is. It was like a dear leader thing. And I, I, I don't mind that they say, to, if they said something to the effect of, Ari, something like this. You know what? 
this race sucks, uh, but unfortunately, uh, the governor has made these directions. We don't, we don't agree with it. We don't like it. Um, it's, you know, we wish we could uh, just do it on our own, but we're ordered to do this. So our hands are tied. I'm so sorry about this. Uh, we are sending letters to the governor to show that we think that it's not necessary to close down schools, and we really want the schools to be doing this. And, and we, are yet another, we want to be another voice toward the governor about why this is a wrong decision. But in the meantime, we have to follow whatever yeah, he says. I would, you know? I would have preferred that. We um, don't want to lose our I, accreditation yeah, and so on. Right. But they don't say that. Yes. They don't. They say something very different. They, they, they seem like, oh, you know what? We just, we're just following the guidance and we want to listen and we want to be careful. And the governor said this and we, we like this. That's what pissed me off. Yeah. You, you told an anecdote on one of our podcast episodes a while back. And it was so telling because it was predictive of this. You talked about you were on a flight from Norway mm. or some Scandinavian cultured place. And a person was having a problem with another person. And rather than saying something to the other person directly, and I'm not talking about a situation where you see it going around where they got, don't call the police, deal with the criminal yourself. I'm not talking about that. Right, okay? right. But just simple courtesy when you're dealing with clearly someone who's not a danger to you or others. And you talked about how people from other cultures, specifically these quasi-socialist Scandinavian submissive beta partial male cultures, <laughs> Well, like the way I was about to say male, and I... And, yeah, you were very and, good about that. Anyway, um, th- there's a lack of taking the initiative or doing things yourself and instead deferring to an authority figure. In this case, I think it was a stewardess. Yeah. Yes, I said stewardess, it not was. flight attendant. Right. Thank you. And I got the same impression. Rather than them saying, we will lead this, and we've come to this decision, it's a deferral and a thrill of being a follower aren't we good being followers? Now, in our school situation, there's something else that's really pissing me off that Mm -hmm. I I think is related to this, which is it's a religious school. And the First Amendment does not have an asterisk next to it saying you may only practice the First Amendment right to practice your religion as you wish in times of non-viruses from China. And, you, you know, your rights are only as good as they are when you're willing to defend them or assert them. And if we have a religion, a First Amendment right to practice religion as we want, and the education of our children literally takes place at a synagogue because it's part and parcel of our religious practice, and education is part and parcel of what's important about both our religion and culture, why isn't the education of our kids part of our First Amendment right to practice our religion? Thus, I would want to see our rabbi fighting for this. Well, that's the point. And that's what bristled me so much. And then I do want to move on to the next point about China. But the last point on this is, and I'm glad you brought up the, the Norwegian thing. It, it, it was this notion that you go to the authorities first rather than resolve it between yourselves. So imagine... You have a dispute with your neighbor, even you know, you, for whatever reason, you know, he's making too much noise. You, you, call, you go to the UN. You go to the UN. Yeah, exactly. Instead of saying, "Hey, Charlie, you know what? I, I don't know if you realize it, but the music is a little louder, and I can hear everything, 
And would you mind just closing your window so that it's, you know, like, by the way, I like your music, but it's a little loud. Yeah. Would I that was cool? going to go a little further and say, hey, Charlie, I know you're making a nuclear bomb. You, <laughs> those centrifuges that you're spinning, the really uranium loud. are bothering me. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to go to the U.N. before sending you a strongly worded letter from Hans Okay, Blitz. so uh, I think you're going to get far afield from this, but... <laughs> you know what I'm talking I, about. I, I, that's what you have to deal with when you deal with Ari David on the Barack Lurie podcast. All right, so... Let's talk. About, so anyway, that's a, it's a it's a go to thing that uh, the school is doing, and I think many schools are doing. I don't think our school is the only one that that is uh, unique. I think they love this notion that somebody is in charge, and that's why I I so resent that any religious leader, whether it's a rabbi or a priest or a reverend and so on, um, defers so much to the governor. You know, like he's he's the word on high. Right. You know, especially like, such a soy based life form kind of governor, it, such a softy. He's, he's a softy. You know? Exactly right. And but it, it, look, again, like I said, you can say, OK, well, those are the rules. We have to live by them. You know, if we don't live by them, then we have a collapsing society. And therefore, you know, we may not like it. For example, I may not like the speed limit. OK, but I have to honor it because that's that's a society. We can't pick and choose the laws. I got it. But but but. But there's a difference between following the laws because you have to and embracing every law that comes down from the governor. Okay? Right. There's a difference. And embracing it and relishing it and being so seemingly excited. Isn't this great? The freeways will now be at 25 miles an hour. Everyone will be so safe. I know, well, but, right. but putting aside the wisdom of it, I'm, I'm, I'm not even talking. I'm just this, this relishing of the fact that there's this mandate upon all of us. That's what I bristle at, okay? Now, let's go to China because it is somewhat related, but, and it's certainly related to the issue of uh, COVID, right? Ari, I am fascinated by China because it has revealed itself to be such an evil enterprise. And I'm talking, of course, the Chinese government. Let's, let's look just past couple months, really, since COVID started, if you like. Okay, so early March, uh, in terms of when we actually became, realized that it was a pandemic or whatever, okay? But let's start from that point of view. And, and just bear with me, and then I'll, I'll ask you whether I'm missing something after the fact, okay? So China decides that it's not going to reveal too much about the COVID situation. I'm not even getting to the issue of whether or not they purposefully released it or not, okay? At the very least, we can acknowledge, and we can all agree, that for sure, at the very least, they exploited the, the, the virus once the virus was released, intentionally or not, to the world, okay? They engaged in a massive disinformation campaign they disappeared scientists and arrested them who decided that they, they thought that the world should know the truth. Um, they closed down the city of Wuhan in such a devastatingly brutal way. Yeah, they welded people inside. They buildings. literally welded people in their apartments and they otherwise put them in small little boxes and carried them off into you know, de facto concentration camps. It's, it's really weird. And that set the stage, by the way, for the rest of the world because they were looking 
Uh, and they said, well, if, if China is doing this, there must be a really bad virus, right? And so it kind of set that tone. Like, if we don't do something similar, we're going to just all collapse. You know, these people will be dying. Uh, so that was, that was one thing. Then uh, they shut down not only Wuhan, but they, they shut down all the flights internally within China, domestically. But when it came to flights out of Wuhan... To the rest of the world. To the rest of the world. Go forth and spread the good word, right. as Be it were. Be fruitful and multiply, <laughs> exactly. C-19. L- yes, literally. Yes. And don't tell me that wasn't pure evil. Now, that, that you cannot parse that out and say, well, that was just a mistake of government policy. You know, it's a, should have, you know, in hindsight, sure they would have done fault. it better. You know, in hindsight, they would have done it, you know, should have thought this through a little bit better. No, 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 no. They did this on purpose. The germaphobe Adolf Hitler never did anything like that. Yeah. If you yeah. just look at the historical sweep. Yeah. He didn't even do that. Yeah, no, I mean, no doubt he would have loved to have dropped the biological uh, bomb on, on America or otherwise. But uh, look, I digress. Let, let, let's not get too far afield from that. I want to speak about China and other things. Yeah, that but I just done. like to bring up how evil they are. Yes. And the, the, the Hitler standard is the, is the classic um, uh, caliper based standard of the left. Yes. So why not just go there? So I'm going there. <laughs> All right. Now, they'll. they'll, they'll uh, They'll demur to your comparison. Your, your comparison is not wrong, by the way. Right. But nevertheless, they'll demur to it, they'll say. But, but again, let's, let's move on to China. China is such an interesting animal here. So this, then, then when COVID uh, continued on, they continued the disinformation program. They uh, lied, lied to the WHO, the World Health Organization, about the impact and the contagiousness of it. They had also lied about whether or not it could be transmissible between, you know, and among humans. Um, then they said that it came from a wet market in Wuhan, where, the, you know, exotic bats and everything else. But we now know with greater certainty, greater confidence, I should say, that it actually came from a lab, a bioweapons lab in Wuhan, now, whether that was released accidentally or intentionally, that's yet another story, but it's almost certainly from a bioweapons lab, which should not come as a surprise to anybody. Yeah, and you once made the point, I think this was a good one back in a podcast in March, does it really matter whether it was intentionally released or not? Right. Considering how they behaved after it was released would be the way one would behave after a bioweapon was released on an enemy. Right, exactly right. right? They, they, they reacted in a very... Oh, no, we don't have any antidotes. <laughs> Mr. Jones, you're in trouble. Okay, so let me, let me continue on with the, uh, the, the, the bastardization, no, the, the bastardness of China, okay? All the while, by the way, China continues to suppress Hong Kong, right? They base, I mean, uh, under the radar of all this, China has just gone into Hong Kong and basically said, you know what, We're, you're no longer an autonomous region. We're taking over and F you. And, uh, and the world is, uh, you know, jiggy with that, except for America, thank God. Trump is saying, no, we're, we're no longer giving you uh, most favored nation status, and among other things that otherwise uh, China would have exploited. So uh, then, of course, there's the timing issue. The timing of covid happened at exactly the right moment. Surprise, right? I mean, again, it could be unintentional. Yeah, right in the middle of a Democrat primary in which 
the only thing each candidate exceeded in is being more mediocre than the next. <laughs> right? That's so true. <laughs> that is so true. Okay, so, but, but it's, you know, this is after Trump had imposed his tariff demands upon China, had basically called them to task when it came to their infringement of, of copyright and trademark and patents, uh, all the intellectual property issues, and, and also, uh, you know, called them to task on their, their improper uh, manipulation of currencies. Yeah, and dropped the U.S. employment unemployment rate to, like, right around 3%. No, but I'm only talking yeah. about China now. No, and, I'm talking and, about and, the timing of that release. No, no, hold on, oh, hold on. I see what you hold mean, on. yes. China is now facing a, a massive economic squeeze and also being told, you ain't that pretty. We are no longer dealing with you the way that you are used to us dealing with you. And so F you. Um, and, and just at that moment, when China is now being pushed so hard, suddenly COVID comes, comes out. Yeah, magically. It just, you know, it, the timing could be coincidental. It could be. Nah. Okay, I'm just saying, if, if you were to plan this out, it would have happened exactly the way it's happening. Okay, but like I said, it could have happened accidentally. Somewhat akin to, look, if I want to kill Ari David and I have a gun and I'm pointing it directly at you, I, I didn't know that Ari was in the way of this bullet. <laughs> it wasn't my intention. I just fired the gun. I had no intention of killing him. Are but you- the fact that he was there in the way, well, that's, that, you know, I agree with you. It would be consistent with somebody who wanted to kill Ari David that they would point the gun at Ari David and shoot him in the heart. And then he would fall to the ground, but that's not what I meant. Were you startled by the amount of letters in support of your actions you received after that happened? <laughs> that's true. Yes, I was startled the by incredible that. Incredible numbers of thank you notes. That's right. The world is a better place with our right. All right, David. No, he's a good man and he's a good father and he's a good friend, I, I must say. All right, so look, uh, there's more about China. So in the meantime, they also, I mean, people don't know this apparently, uh, the, the, brut- the brutality in the suppression of rights, generally speaking, in China. We, we think of China, you know, it's, it's a developing country and technology and all the other things. Bicycles. Bicycles uh, yeah, everywhere. Everything is great. They're manufacturing. Okay, great. But the, the suppressing of freedoms there is so, I mean, palpable. It's, it's vicious. It's, it's worse than the Soviet Union was in the days of the Soviet Union. Yes, you can travel to and from, uh, but this is the same country that gave us the one-child policy with forced abortions in the millions. Are you serious? Uh, and then, and then they have these uh, these gulags and these concentration camps for this minority Muslim group. I forget what their name. The Uyghurs. The, the Uyghurs. Yeah, they, uh, about a million of them are, if not more. And I've seen videos of these people being led to trains and otherwise to uh, to go to these concentration camps. Now, I mean, what they're actually doing in the concentration camps, I don't know. Are they gassing them in the same way that Hitler gassed the Jews? I don't know. But I do know that this concentration camp shit cannot be right. Yeah, and there okay? were reports out of Japan, and it was sketchy whether or not these were Wuhan-based virus victims or otherwise. But in Japan, right around uh, March, April of this year, it was reported that there were torrential black rains. Right. It's a strong indication that a lot of stuff was burned to ash, mm-hmm. and the winds blow in that direction from China to Japan. So it wouldn't be unheard of for such a society to burn, like the Nazis, again, the Hitler standard, a large number of bodies. 
Okay, so now we're going to conjecture territory, but we do know that it is a concentration camp, and it's just, I mean, th that's pure evil, okay? Let's, right. let's, let's move on from there. Then, with going back to the, to the COVID situation, so, it, <laughs> and this part is just so breathtakingly evil. Um, the Italians, when China is really suffering, it's at the height of its uh, COVID crisis. The Italians send over the, the PPE, right, the personal protective equipment, something <laughs> like China, yeah, that's right. like, like 70,000 units or so. And uh, China avails itself of that. And, of course, they still have some leftovers, and that's, that's good. Uh, then, of course, everything reverses. China is more or less over its peak, and now Italy is really suffering, as we, we remember. And so, so they say, hey, can we have that back? And China says, sure, but it'll cost you. And they, they literally they sell, sell back the, the, the PPE that Italy gave to them, donated to them. The, this is just evil. It's even okay? better than that. It's PPE that was manufactured in China that Italy purchased, stockpiled, then donated back to China, that then sell it to them again. And it's price. just breathtaking. And, oh, and... China makes all the uh, all these other PPEs for European countries because again China is over the COVID. I mean, at least relatively so, and and it's all defective. I mean, right. Spain, Netherlands, and many other countries returns it to, to China. Like, fix? Do they say? And and does China say? We are so sorry. What a mistake we made. I mean, uh, we, we will make it right, okay? Like a warranty, right? Yeah. No, no, no. Maybe you read the instructions wrong. Yeah, all you morons out there, you, you read the instructions wrong. <laughs> Every single one of you. Anyway, it's breathtaking and it's evil. So, look, China is a godless country, right? And, and, and rushing toward even more godlessness. They are suppressing Christianity in particular because that is a faith that was growing in, 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 uh, in China. Yeah, the latest news is they're now going to every church and saying, tear down the crucifixes and put up pictures of Mao and Jing. That's right. And they want to, what is it called, sinify or make it sino-friendly, which means China, uh, so that y your Christianity is going to be friendly with the communist doctrine, right? I mean, right. It's, and not Chinese culture going back to Confucius, you know, and, and the Han dynasty and the glory days of the empires and the invention of fireworks and the playing of chess or anything. We're talking 1950s Maoism. Yes, of course, of course. And, and they, they have not left the 50s. The only, the only thing they are saying about Mao was that he wasn't quiet about it enough. And he wasn't efficient about it enough. They really believe in getting rid of undesirables. That is the essence of dictatorships, right? It's the, it's the attempt to quash the undesirables, the people who disagree with you. And uh, th there's a love of that for some reason among many people. Many, many people seem to love this idea of quashing dissent. Yeah, mostly left-wing Democrats. Well, of course. Whereas we in America, we embrace dissent, or at least we, we embrace debate. We, we don't mind being challenged. We think that if you are challenged, in fact, things are better. That's part of the reason why I, mean, I love this about corporate America, for that matter. Yes, I said corporate America, where, you know, you get a survey. How can we be better? How was your experience at such and such tour, uh, right? So, so and, I, and I like that because, and, and they use that. They, that. That's powerful, and they get that information for free. And they want it from the people who actually had a negative experience the most, which I, I, I think it's very solid. Look, I'm going to go on a little bit further about China. So we see all these things, one-child policy, forced abortions. 
We, we have concentration camps. Social credit scores and canceling. So, exactly right. Uh, the, the utter disregard for life, generally speaking. And yes, then... Slavery. Yeah. yeah. And, and, they, and they say to you, well, how outrageous it would be for you to accuse them of purposefully releasing the COVID virus. Really? Right. You think it's that outrageous? How out of bounds is that? Yeah. So, so in my book, by the way, I'm covering this in my book, I, I had this uh, scenario where I, you know, every once in a while I have some cheeky illustrations of a point. So neighbor number one goes to number, number two and they say, hey, did you hear about John Smith? He was, uh, they just found out that he, you know, slaughtered that family in the valley uh, last year. They, they caught him. Really? Neighbor number two says, really? Wow. I, I heard also that, that John Smith also uh, engaged in a whole bunch of bank robberies and uh, killings as well. And it, it, apparently they're tying him to that. He's a really bad seed. And then the third one says, really? I, I, and I heard that he tortured that family on the other side of town uh, about a year ago as well. And neighbor number one says, well, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> like, no, why is it so ridiculous? Yeah. I mean, it, it's exactly what you'd expect from a monster like Johnny, in my example, right? Of course. That's what monsters do. It's called a pattern of behavior. Right. Why, why, why is it so outside the possibility, uh, I mean, the realm of possibilities, that China would release a virus when it is so pressured under the Trump administration, so uh, squashed and suffocated because of the economic policies. Why, why what, do you think they would not retaliate one way or the other? Are you that much of a fool, right? I mean, what, what, don't look at me as, a, as, a, as if I'm some sort of conspiracy nut. There is a concentration camp going on, which one would say is far worse than the release of a virus. Yeah. All right. Why is, there, there was, it, why, why is it so worse than forced abortions? I mean, you, wherever you stand on the issue of abortion, we can all agree that forcing somebody to have an abortion is pretty damn bad. Right. Have you noticed all the liberal Democrats have taken Millions off of their, them too. Free, their uh, free Tibet stickers? Yeah. In other words, oh, the thing about the Uyghurs is what you were talking about them doing this to Tibet 10 yes. years ago. Oh, you're so if they right. did to Tibet, why is it so out of balance to think they're not going to do it to another province? Oh, God. Why? So well, it's, it, it's breathtaking in the na naivete. And what we're really seeing here, Ari, is this desire not to see, two things, not to see evil, the desire to see, to not to see evil, and the desire to surrender one's willingness to deal with I uh, sorry, to, to allow a government entity to control everything. That's, those two things hand in hand are real big recipes for disaster. All right. Thanks so much for listening today. This is Barack Lurie, and we'll talk with you next week. <laughs>